thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Yodel, and welcome to another episode of the Primal Alternative Podcast. I'm your host, H. I'm a primal health coach and founder of the grain-free food range, Primal Alternative. We offer you um, convenience without compromise. Don't you like that tagline? I've been saying grain-free made easy, grain-free made easy for years. And then one of our really cool stockists, Emu Wellness, has come up with this new tagline, convenience without compromise. I like it and I am going to use it. So um, I've got one of my best industry friends. Actually, I just love her anyway, not just because she's in the same industry. Kirsty Worth, what an amazing human. She's so generous with her love and affection and time and passion. Um, I just love her. We hung out for a day together in Perth last year. She came over. She said, I'm doing an event in Perth. And I was like, great, I'll come. And she was like, no, no, I want to do the event with you. And I had to have a little pinch me moment. Kirsty Worth wants to do an event with me. And we did a beautiful event at Felden Co. in Perth. I did a little talk about primal living. And Kirsty did a talk about gut health. Surprise, surprise. And it was amazing. And um, some of my primalistas who are my home bakers of the grain-free food range, Primal Alternative, in case you missed that bit, they came and we, they did an amazing afternoon tea for everybody. We had pizzas and toasts like bruschetta and cookies and cups of tea and just being with like-minded people on a similar mission and a similar path to you was incredible and nobody wanted to go home. It was one of those events where people just hung on and hung on and hung on and it was just gorgeous. And I loved it. Um, and Kirsty's amazing. And so, yeah, next time we book a podcast, we need to book for two hours because we've always got so much to talk about. It's amazing. But one thing that I find really interesting when it comes to health is the, the, the capacity at which our mindset has to go next level to accommodate the, that the permission or even just the idea of how it would feel to be pain-free, bloat-free, to be going for a poo every day, for, to sleep amazingly soundly every night, to have enough energy to go through the whole day without burning out. Like I, it, it, It's a part of the puzzle of healing that doesn't really get talked about very much, but I think mindset and blocks, so just mental blocks that we have when it comes to our health is a key part of unlocking our own health, our own vital health, you know, like the ultimate, the ultimate health. And so that's what we're talking about in this episode today. We're talking about 
health blocks and we're calling people on their excuses because it is, it's only an excuse. Uh, so things like, um, I'm too tired to, to make all of this food from scratch. I'm worried about social isolation because I'm embarrassed to tell my friends that we eat this kooky way. There's no way my kids will eat this. There's no way my kids will take herbal medicine. My partner thinks I'm nuts, right? All of those sorts of things. You're like, oh my God, that's me, right? I know you are because that was me too. So we're going to talk about those things and what we can do about them and how to become a role model and how to um, basically be a shining light of an alternative way to live that can inspire other people. And wouldn't that be great? Just, I know when I started off um, as a primal health coach, I thought if I can just help one woman, if I can just inspire one woman and just let one woman know she's not on her own and she can reclaim her health, then that's like, that's my job done. But obviously it didn't stop there for me. (laughs) I went on to be, um, you know, to run Wellness Sisters, which is my membership um, health coaching um, group, which is amazing. And we do a lot of mindset work in Wellness Sisters, as well as looking at the primal basics of living ancestrally as much as we can in the modern world. And then I went on to create a food range to make, to take some of those excuses out of the way, you know. Um, Because it is hard to make everything from scratch, but the payback is, it's like, at what cost? Because you will have more energy and you will become more motivated to keep these changes because of the great feeling that you have. Like, there is no way I would want to go back to eating my standard American, Australian diet that I used to. Uh, No way, because this way just feels so much better. And although it starts with food, a health transformation improves every other area of your life. So, you know, it's going to improve how good you are as a mum, how you show up at work, how you show up in your relationships. Just, I guess the key word here is vitality, keyword, keywords, vitality and resilience. So I'm always personally doing a lot of work on my mindset and just clearing any subconscious old programs that are running. And, you know, I thank them for being there because they're only trying to protect me. Really old, old, old ancestral patterning and and stories, you know, where it's kind of noble to suffer and noble to work hard. And um, who are you to have help or support on your way? You don't deserve it. You know, all that kind of bleh, bleh stuff. So I'm always working on that and always with just like mind-blowing, aha, wow, breakthrough experiences. So it's a fun journey and I think that there is no way I would have dared face any of this if I didn't have that um, kind of like a foundation, I feel, nutrition and health is the foundation. You can't do a lot if you're sick and tired. If you don't have your health, there's not a great deal you can do in the world. Um, I don't know if you agree or not, but that's just um, my personal belief um, from having been on both sides of the fence. Um, Yeah. So, wow. So I'm really excited to bring this episode to you today. And I sincerely hope from the bottom of my heart that some of the things we talk about today resonate with you and give you permission to reclaim your health. So without further ado, oh, can I just say thanks for being here? I love you being here.
like the best listener ever. Really appreciate it. And let's talk to Kirsty. Welcome back to the Primal Alternative Podcast, Kirsty Worth. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so awesome to be back. I love having you on the podcast because it's literally an opportunity for us to have a catch up. And we have been talking for like 20 minutes before <laughs> I decided that I have to press record because we're talking about some really interesting stuff that I think other people would want to hear about, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. We were like, hang on, let's just get on to this. This is great. <laughs> All the gold. Yeah. Set some boundaries around chat time. But before, yeah. we, before we dive into all the things we want to talk about today, tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you since we last talked. Oh, goodness. Just so much exciting stuff as always. You know, life is exciting. But I've, I've had a few adversities, which has um, been really interesting for me. So in um, November last year, I went on um, a, an incredible hike. So a couple of times a year, but certainly once in November, every year I go on this incredible grand adventure. And so I take off for a week and I go out with some beautiful women and we put everything in our backpacks, put it on our backs and we just literally just walk off into the wilderness. So, you know, on these big adventures at one point we'll be three, four days away from any cars or anything. And so, um, you know, we, this time we took a um, panic button so if anything went wrong, we could press the button and a helicopter would turn up. So we were that remote. And uh, it was such a wonderful adventure and I got to, you know, turn off from society and turn off from all those externalities and just get back into nature and get back into, you know, getting all those beautiful microbes out of the soil onto my skin and all that sort of stuff. And, and I do that to totally reset and recalibrate every single thing in my life right down to just even the stimulation from being on screens and being indoors and all of the stress and having um, time to reflect and time to think and create visions for the future so it's this grand grand time and so when I come back from these things I am like firing on all cylinders jumping off the walls ready to go and so I got back from this on a Monday night and then on the Tuesday, I had my netball grand final and I went out onto the court and I was very excited because I was feeling extremely robust and fit because I'd just been walking in the, in the mountains for a week. And um, unfortunately, I had a pretty serious accident on the netball court, which resulted in a closed, um, well, the closed, brain, closed traumatic brain injury. So I had a very significant concussion and had to go to hospital and have a lot of tests done. And um, it's taken me three months to recover from it. So I felt like I had one day of that glorious, you know, just feeling on top of the world and ready to embark and engage on the next year of excitement. And then I had this injury. So um, I've gone through all those incredible um, things of, you know, why me? <laughs> why have I been faced with yet another injury and adversity and turning that around to, thank you so much that I've had this because it's shown me so much about how the brain works and how to recover the brain and what foods the brain needs and how do I, um, even in my business, um, how does my business go without me? Because I was in bed in a dark room for about 10 days. I had to wear glasses and earplugs. It was um, really horrible. Um, yeah, and so I've, I really learned a lot of lessons and I've been through quite a lot um, since we, we last spoke. Um, but it's just been a wonderful thing to turn it into a learning lesson. 
um, and how I've spoken to my brain and my body to help me recover and the different modalities that I've used to recover. So I've been really investigating vagal nerve stimulation and cryotherapy and um, yeah, how to how to recover my brain and then tell tell my brain to tell my body that it's safe and it's okay and get back on that netball court again and get back out into life again. So it's actually been a really big, big three or four months since we've last chatted. It has. That's huge. And to me, um, three months seems like a super quick time to recover from such an injury. Is that quicker than that you expected? Yeah, so it's much quicker. Like I was sort of given the whole three to six months and you, you might start feeling a bit better and have more energy and get, get you know, wanting to get back out more. So, um, yeah, I'm three weeks into being back on the netball court again and, and I'm by no way back to where I was. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling happy that I'm back a lot sooner. But that's the amount of energy and, and effort I've put back into the recovery as well. So... It's still, it's still a bit of a way to go. My, I certainly wasn't getting 100% goal accuracy on Tuesday night, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> incredible, like seriously incredible. And I've been following you on Instagram and I've you know, been seeing your posts that you've been doing with your alternative therapies and just you know, amazing. I just love how you go in 110% when it comes to healing and do all the things, um, which is you know, amazing and why you're back on the netball court three short months. <laughs> Uh, like amazing amazing well I, I think um my previous health issues really impacted my brain and I finally got a working brain probably since I was about 13 because of I have an, uh, an issue that causes uh, neuroinflammation so um I was so scared I was going to go back to how I used to be and um, I, I just, you know, was so determined, no, like I'm not going to go back there again. Let's just, you know, keep moving forward. And so I, I was probably very, very keen and very active in making sure that that didn't happen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that would be scary to think, you know, you'd come so far and got all this clarity and, you know, your brain's working properly. And then, yeah, to, to the fear of going back is um, enough motivation, isn't it, to keep on with a healing process and do everything you can to, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, and people's expectations. So, um, I was after it happened only sort of four or five weeks after I was, um, doing a living low carb tour with Luke Hines and Steph Lowe and some beautiful people that, um, you know, we greatly admire. And I had to miss the first one, which is very sad for me because I'm so passionate about getting out and talking about, um, all things, you know, gut and health and wellness. And, and then my first one back in Sydney, I, I was literally stuttering in my talk and I had to wear my blue blocker glasses. I had to wear a hat to come cut out the junk light. And I had to explain to everyone in the audience, look, I've, I'm coming back from a head injury and please bear with me while I stutter. And, and I couldn't recall words like I normally do. And, um, and so there was this whole inner sort of, um, angst you know I, I really want to share with these people and that you know I'm not performing at my best and what will they think of me and all of those kinds of things and so I really had to get back to what is my mission and why am I here and all those things shouldn't matter because I'm still coming with the energy and the excitement for what I want to share um, and if I'm stuttering and they understand I've just had a head injury it, it should be fine so yeah it's it's been really a, a great learning process to grapple with 
why I do what I do and it doesn't matter about all the other stuff. Oh, wow. That's, that's such an important message for everyone listening to this podcast. It's like, no matter what your why is, it's, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter, you know, of the naysayers or the, you know, the adversities that come your way is just reconnecting mm. back to that why um, and what mm. your vision is, which is incredible. Now, for mm. those of us that follow you, will have seen your amazing Parasite workshop that you were doing in conjunction with the fabulous Cindy Mira towards the back end of last year. And I'd love to just ask how that went, what sort of people um, did that resonate with and what sort of results did they get? And so it's like 10 questions here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what sort of blocks did they have when it came to doing the things that were needed to, to get their health back? Yeah, look, oh, you know, I love doing these workshops because it's just such a great way to share information. How lucky are we that we're in this sort of environment now that we can just jump on, you know, do something like this and be able to share all of our knowledge. It's so wonderful. And um, what I found really interesting in this cohort that um, came through to us when we were doing that workshop was lots of mothers and children with parasite issues. And what I found really exciting was most, most people that came to us through um, listening to the workshop, they already knew they had a parasite. So this is great. The message is getting out there that if you're not feeling well or if there's things going on within your body, go and get it tested. So my whole test, don't guess thing, which I, you know, bang on about nonstop, um, is, you know, I feel like is getting out there. And so people were, you know, coming back to us and saying, look, I've got, you know, blasto or I've got defragilius or I've got these particular parasites. I really need to do something about it. But what was happening was I'm too scared to do anything about it because my kids won't do this or um, that's too hard or I don't know if I could commit to doing the cooking and changing my diet or... Um, I know you guys, um, you know, have herbal medicine and there's no way that we could take that. And I was just so fascinated that people were so dead keen to hear this information. They were desperate for information and knowledge, but there was this big block of knowledge versus action and also knowledge and then applying it to their own situation and knowing, okay, I need to do something here because they had the test. But then there was no action. So it's kind of just like, you know, hanging in this, in this no man's land of knowing but not making that action. And so there was definitely that block. And so what we found interesting is there was lots and lots of people that wanted to do our parasite cleanses, wanted to understand that beautiful low-carb, you know, high-fat diet that's so beneficial for our gut microbiome and rechanging and reshaping that gut. They wanted to start it, but they just couldn't see themselves doing it. And so we ended up making lots and lots of phone calls to people that were interested. And all they really needed to hear was, you can do it. So desperate for that affirmation and that um, confirmation that you can do it and there's really no reason why you can't. And so some of those blockers were, well, my kids will never eat that or my kids will never take the herbal medicine or I'm too busy, I'm too tired myself. What will I do if I go out to a social occasion and we can't eat the food? 
you know, I'm embarrassed to tell my friends that I'm going to be eating this way and we're going to be doing a parasite cleanse or, you know, my partner thinks I'm a Looney Tune and won't support me. So it's just, it, I just, am, you know, it's incredible when we see all these reasons why people feel um, that they can't move forward in that area. And so we talked a lot with the cohort that was coming through about often when we have those blocks, it's more that we are so tired and we're so fatigued, we don't have the resilience to actually go about doing it. So when I hear, for example, um, and this is the teacher in me, so I get a little bit hardcore, as you know. <laughs> so when I hear someone say to me, oh, my kids will never eat that, to me that's a reflection of I don't think I, as the caregiver, have the resilience to offer it the 50 times that we know and we, we know through, um, you know, through the clinical papers and through the research, we know that a child, it often takes 50 times for them to like a food. And so it's often the parents um, that have just, they're just so worn out that it's actually their resilience that can't keep backing it up every day for the child to be able to take on the new foods or the new supplements. So we talked a lot about what will it take for you to build that resilience to be able to go in there and be that role model in the family to go, hey, guys, we're going to do this. It's going to be incredible. You're going to feel so well. You know, you're going to absolutely benefit from it and it's going to be exciting. Now, it might get tough. There might be issues but I'm going to be here for you and I'm, we're going to make this change as a family and we're going to get through this together as opposed to I don't know how I'm going to do this. This is going to be really hard. Everyone's going to think that we're crazy. How am I going to have the time to do it? So that whole mindset and that whole um, telling, you know, affirmations within our brain to tell ourselves and create that environment within our biology and that environment within our body that, We've got the energy. We can do this and my family deserves it. So it's been really interesting. And so we've gone out from the get-go with um, a beautiful psychologist that we've worked with um, who has done some filming with me and talking about some of those blocks. And um, we've put that out into our group and into our workshop and our courses. And we've noticed a huge response of that really supporting our crew coming through and making those mindset changes and also um uh, we've done some more interviewing with um, people like kim morrison talking about self-love and self-care and why we deserve to do something like this for our family and how important it is so um yeah it's been a really interesting process and you know they're just finishing off now and how incredible are they coming out this other side and getting that post-testing and finding the parasites are gone and the kids are sleeping better and less anxiety and, um, you know, all the beautiful changes that we see when people finish our programs. That's incredible. And I love that, um, you know, it's how important, the, not just the mindset, but I think, you know, when you were talking about ringing people up and saying, you know, you can do this, it's almost like permission, like a mm. permission to, um, to get some help and to make some changes. Like, because I think for so long um, in our history as women, we, it's kind of been noble to suffer and it's almost like kind of like just get on with it. You know what I mean? Kind of pull your socks up. You know what I mean? That whole stop mm. whinging just get on mm -hmm. with it. 
you know, and I think that that's definitely when I think back to um, the kind of suffering that not on a massive scale, but suffering health wise that like migraine experience with certain niggles and aches and pains and how now it's just so, thank goodness, so widely accepted to get massages and chiropractic treatment and myropractic treatment and to take magnesium for those aching muscles and all of these sorts of things that were never really um, known about, uh, you know, for just our grandma's generation ago. You know, we're not talking that long ago, you know, um, we were sort of in this like void where perhaps back in the day there was like, you know, the medicine woman in the town who helped people. And then that kind of all went a bit, um, underground and, um, you know, those people that kind of had to disappear. Uh, and then now to this more sort of pharmaceutical model, uh, that then we now sort of come in almost like a full circle to being quite acceptable to take herbs, um, and to have, you know, just really accountability, and support from a teacher or a healer uh, on on your health journey, right? Yeah, absolutely. And knowing someone's got your back, we you know we want to feel loved. We want to feel part of something. We want to be a part of a community. It's human nature. It's it's written into us. And so, um, I, I think it's ludicrous to go on a health journey and rebuild your health and get back to wellness again and try and do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I just don't think it's it will ever be successful for anyone. So, yeah, it's providing that environment and embracing that environment and acknowledging that you're worth it to be there and other people yeah. want you to be there and it's okay to say, I feel crap and I need some help. That's it. And that's another one, self-worth. Like who am I to have amazing, vibrant health? I mean, it almost sounds crazy. Why would you want to be sick? But um, it's a lot, you know, to a lot of, like you, you mentioned Kim Morrison and self-love, like taking care of yourself and feeding yourself good food is, I think, one of the biggest acts of self-love um, there is. Mm. And, if, and if there's blocks in the way, then it's a, it's a self-worth, you know, it could be potentially a self-worth thing. Um, yeah, which is, is so interesting and not really, not really talked about. So this is a bit of a, like a big one. I know you've got more of this, um, in your courses, um, with the work that you've done with your psychologist that you've got. But, um, if people are are feeling these blocks and I've been there too, like my kids won't eat that. It's too expensive. I don't have the time. I'm so exhausted as it is. I don't have time to do more. Have you got any like takeaway piece of advice that you could give to the listeners today? Um, yeah. So with regards to all of those blocks, I would like, I, the first thing I would do is look at it as fantastic. I'm so glad that that's come up for me to look at. Um, that's an important part of my life that I need to address and find a solution for. So um, yes, it's a problem. My kids are not going to eat that, but it's only currently they're not going to eat it. So here's a problem that I'm going to be faced. So let's go and look at the solution of how I can fix that. So there's a two-part process there. You're acknowledging that there's the problem, but let's go find that solution. And so that solution may be that you get creative or um, with your food or even things like crazy things that we talk to our clients about that, um, uh, you know, it's just part of sort of my everyday language now, but for some people it's so new is like when you buy 
a child a new thermos or a new squeegee or um, depending on their age, a new cup or a new spoon, that's just like revolutionary in their world (laughs) for being able to embrace a new food coming in. Now, this depends on the age. But, um, you know, it's just when you sort of think about solutions and get excited about it for them and get excited about sharing with them this new adventure and see it as an adventure, suddenly it becomes easy to manage as opposed to looking at it as a problem, you're looking at it as a solution. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. And I, I think there is a big part of the um, the mental upgrade that you need to do alongside the actual physical upgrade of, you know, repairing and um, improving your gut health. And I know that they're so mm-hmm. linked as well, but we all also have to just kind of expand our um, beliefs about what else is possible. And yes, it is possible for your kids to eat this way. It is possible (laughs) for your kids to sleep all night or to start talking again. It is possible for you to not feel so fatigued, not feel so anxious all the time, be able to go to the toilet every day. Just these basic freaking human rights, you know, that we we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're born with these. We were born with this and we kind of like might have messed it up somewhere along the the way and that's all right and we can do something about it and you are, you do have permission. Oh, Mm -hmm. come on, mums, we can do this because I really think that, you know, like um, even if I always think, you know, even if the mum says to me, you know, oh, my kids will never eat that, I just think don't worry about them. Let's just work with you. And yeah. no matter what you do, usually the women are the, um, the ones that are doing the cooking in the, in the home. And no, so if they're doing most of the cooking, it's just inevitably going to organically trickle down to the rest of the family anyway. And even if you just start with some small changes, you know, if you look at it as like a more of a long term, there's always this like, you know, we're in this mentality, or we're going to get this like change in like three weeks and, and like you can, but it doesn't, you can take that burden of rapid transformation away and just think, right, well, we're just going to, you know, start to make some small changes. And, and, and then before you know it, like it's so, so the norm that, you know, like I went to um, cricket last week and I was like, holy crap, kids are drinking that blue Gatorade stuff and eating um, those Cheerio cheeseled things. I'm like, oh my God, that's like a legit snack for a sports event. And I'm like, wow. Like, do people really, do, do they still sell this stuff in the shops? Yeah. It just becomes, it still exists. <laughs> it becomes so yeah. not the norm, doesn't it? You know? No, no. But it, it's just, it is just addressing that resilience. You know, I've even had lots of families say to me in that exact situation that you've just explained then about going to a sporting event, for example, um, and, oh, well, my, ch- my child probably won't be able to play sport because they hand out super dupers or, what, I mean, lollies and pythons and, like, for netball at the moment, they're not allowed to bring oranges anymore, the old-fashioned cut-up oranges, because they're too sticky, so now they bring pythons. And that's actually, like, a change that they have made in the Netball Association. Um, and so I, I've had families like, well, my kids will probably have to give up the sport because then they'll be isolated and they'll look different to everyone else because mm. they're not eating the pythons. And, and, and I really I have to urge people, no, that's, that's not the case at all. That's about you being resilient to stand up and have that conversation with your children and spend that time and energy with your children explaining 
why they deserve better and deserve the best food so they can be the best they can in that sport. And it's, it's everyone's choice what you eat and you don't have to eat that. You know, when, when my daughter, um, she's got player of the match and they hand out this um, gift voucher for an ice block and popcorn to, for player of the match. And the first first time she got it, she was so upset. She's like, well, mummy, I don't get anything. And then I said to her, okay, well, let's find a solution for this. So we went up to the counter and I said, can you please tell me how much would the, um, you know, the ice block and the popcorn cost? And she said, oh, I can't remember now. It was about $4 or something. And so I said, okay, sweetheart, here's your $4. Let's go to, um, I don't know, it's the local $2 shop or something. And she bought herself some random unicorn thing, you know, like um, she's eight. So it's like this trinket. She couldn't believe her luck. She could not believe it that she'd got this little $4 trinket, but it was exactly the same amount of money. Now, of course I had to pay that out of my own money. So, you know, there was an outlay, but when she saw that there was a solution, something more exciting and, and more fantastic. And it's, you know, we could manage the situation together. Now that took, resilience and you know i had to think outside the box in that situation which you know so yeah. resilience and creativity and th- aren't those really amazing life skills to learn so they say a lot at yeah. school you get what you get and you don't get upset right which really gives me the peeves because um that's not true you know you can have exactly what you want so it's like you get what you get and there is some negotiation and so that's so cool and what a great example like real life example to share with mum listeners that how they can be presented with a problem like that and then turn it into something even, I'm sorry, but I would much rather have a unicorn trinket forever than an icy pole and some popcorn that's demolished in five seconds flat, right? Wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 And it's, but uh, like five, probably five, six, ten years ago, there's no way I would have been able to stand there and make that situation happen. Right. When I wasn't feeling well, I would have gone, oh, oh dear, oh, no, oh, no, she's going to get it. What am I going to do now? She's going to chuck a banana because she's different. She's left out. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I'll just give in. I'll just let her have it. And I know there's lots of mums out there would be feeling this exact situation and I don't want her to, to be different. I don't want her to stand out. Oh, no, what am I going to do? This is too hard to manage. We're in, like, a public environment. She's going to scream. She's going to blow, you know. Yeah. Um, I would have given in because I wasn't resilient. I felt terrible myself. I would have had no energy. I would have felt really insecure because I knew my gut microbiome wasn't making my beautiful neurotransmitters to make me feel confident and secure. And the situation would have panned out completely differently. I know because I was in those situations with my son a lot. And so it, it's, it's all about um, my resilience and my health and me looking after myself that then filters down to being able to manage these situations of joy and excitement. And so then your child just goes, well, this is an awesome solution. Yeah. And then all the other not going, Mum, I want a trinket. I don't want yeah. bloody popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, like, I love, I love what you've done. And I also have got a beef with the fact that um, success is so highly rewarded with food now. Like it's not mm. just at sporting mm. events, um, but when we used to win stuff at sports, we used to get recognition. 
you know, people would clap, you'd get your name called out, you had to stand up in assembly or in stand up in front of the, you know, the, all the netball players or whatever, or you might get a medal. But you never got sweets or lollies or, you know, and it's, it's just kind of like reinforcing that, you know, oh, something good's happened, now I need to eat a cake, which is not something, not, it's not something you want to have. You, you'll spend the rest of your life trying to unlearn that behavior, right? It's yeah. just, yeah. it's crazy. But I, yeah. think, I think that it's okay to have all of these feelings because at the end of the day, it's so primal to be so concerned about social isolation, embarrassment, what other people are going to think because ultimately our little primal brains are thinking, well, if I'm so socially isolated, I might die. You know, that's like, <laughs> so if yeah. she didn't get the popcorn, we might all die as a family. I mean, that's the basics of, of how that, you know, our primal brains are working. So once we can go, okay, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. You know, there might be a little bit of a, a, a tantrum or whatever, but we're not going to die. And we've got some time just to have a breath and reconnect to our why. <laughs> why are we doing this? Yeah. And to go yeah. and find a creative solution, right? Yeah. And then, and then you become a role model amongst other people that see this unfold, which is such a wonderful outcome that you don't even see happening. It just happens. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just so beautiful to watch. And other, then other families or other mums, they think, okay, well, maybe I don't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't have to follow the norm of, oh, well, when we do this, we do that. And we can creatively think of different options. So, um, yeah, like another block that I see all the time is, uh, well, we have Sunday afternoon family dinner. So we'll probably have to stop having that dinner because no one will eat the kind of food that I'm eating. And I thought, really? Why do you think that? So a Sunday roast is pretty much meat and veg. So why would that be any different than what we, you know, love to eat, which is so beautiful for our bodies is meat and some beautiful gravy and some veg. Um, why would you not want to do that? Um, so it's it you know this person has already put into their own mind, let alone everyone else around them, that ah oh, I can't serve up something different and make it exciting and creative and fun and get everyone on board and um, get them excited. Now, if someone bought home a new TV, for example, they'd bring all their friends around and play around with it and look at this and look at that and get all excited and have the whole neighbourhood around. But when it comes to food or um, you know, these kind of rituals of how we hang out and what we eat. We're so scared of making changes and creating new rituals. But we, we can go there and we can do it. And in my experience of working with people and doing it myself, people just love it. They, and what I, the comment that I always get, and you probably get this too, is they always say the next time they come over or the next day, Oh, I just felt so light when I woke up. I felt so good mm. after I came and ate it. Yeah. I want to come back again. I just felt so wonderful and my kids were so behaved and they went home and slept <laughs> and I didn't have to, you know, they didn't, you know, come around for dinner and then I had to, you know, they're still up off the walls at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's just about embracing that excitement and um, but that's about energy. And our body having that energy to create that excitement, to be able to share with people. Mm. And that's when the true joy happens and that's when we don't feel that isolation and we just we become this beautiful community um, of sharing. And we don't, you don't have to have like everyone like-minded. 
but we can have the joy of sharing as the thing that bonds us together and the joy of loving um, what someone else is enjoying and what, what, they, what they're passionate about. Absolutely. And that brings us full circle to, you know, that social isolation. It's like, you know, it's, it's in our genes. It's, it, we're built that way to want that community. And when you like, it's the same, like um, when people come around for dinner here, they're always surprised that it tastes so nice. And like, if you, if you're still like, you know, teaching on the edge of jumping off down into this whole food healing world, then just know and trust from me and Kirsty that the food tastes like a million times better when you cook, when you cook this way, than it ever used to. Like yeah. I've never enjoyed food as much as I do now, and never felt so much joy and bliss, and never had so much energy. Like you know, the old way sucks, and so it's like get on board. But look, I'm really conscious of time. I could talk to you for like another six trillion hours, but I know you've got people to consult with and a business to run. So before you we, we wrap up, sadly, Kirsty, tell us what's happening next for Cultured Wellness, and how can we get more of you and get to do some programs with you and to work with you. Oh, well, I've got two things to talk about, actually. I forgot to update you on another very exciting thing. Um, I think I told you last time, I may or may not have, that we've been working with a company in the Solomon Islands. So we've been part of a Department of Foreign Affairs grant. So there was sort of a $200,000 grant that we were fortunate enough to be part of to support communities in the Solomon Islands to support their health. And so um, we've been teaching the communities over there about um, using their incredible resources. I mean, for goodness sake, coconuts are dropping off everywhere. They don't use these coconuts. And when I went over there, I was like, you just crack this coconut open and make kiffer. Um, so, you know, we've been working with the, this um, Solomon Islands group to teach them how to make um, probiotic foods out of their local resources. And then um, we are now at the stage where, a lab that we're working with called Microba is testing the gut microbiome before they have um, their culture wellness fermented foods and then um, about six weeks later testing their gut microbiome afterwards to see the changes in the gut microbiome from having the fermented foods. So there's about um, 30 or 40 people in the cohort or in the group and I just am so excited about, first of all, looking at the gut microbiome of the, the, the beautiful Solomon Islands people that live on the island. So um, they're certainly connected with, uh, you know, modern lifestyle, but they still live uh, a traditional lifestyle. So what does their gut microbiome look like? What kind of um, bacteria do they have? What's the diversity of it? And then after that, with the application of the culture wellness fermented foods, how does it look afterwards? How has it helped to modulate it to support digestion, support diversity of that gut microbiome? So I'm very excited about that little project. So we'll be reporting on that pretty soon. And then moving forward to um, coming up in late April, I'm going to be doing another education series. So um, once again, lots of incredible um, video information that people will have access to. And this time around, I'm interviewing the microbiologist from this lab at Microba. So Microba, uh, the new kid on the block with regards to how we test the gut microbiome. So they use metagenomic testing. So it's the sort of new whiz-bang way of testing what's going on in our gut, who's living in there, 
the balance of the gut microbiome is is it beneficial to us or is it causing us problems and so we're gonna we're gonna start using microba for our gut microbiome testing and so i've recall i've already recorded them um so we're getting ready to release them and oh these microbiologists they blow my mind with their knowledge and um what we can learn from them so yeah our next um workshop is going to be all about understanding the gut on more of a deeper level from the real experts in the field that are testing people's guts on a daily basis and um, obviously they'll have some great tips on what can you do to modulate that gut and then we're going to talk about um, you know how can you get that testing done and use a culture wellness practitioner to get um, to look at that test and get that assessed to see where am I at where do I need to go and how do I get there? So it's a, it's really exciting. I love nerding out with um, professors and microbiologists and stuff. So it was just, I was, just, you know, jumping out of my seat when I was, when I was interviewing them. I was so excited. Totally in your happy place, nerding out, <laughs> nerding out on yeah. gut stuff. Oh my God, give me more. That's yeah. my dream day. Yeah. Dream day. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So let, give me your, let's talk about your website where people can find you and then we'll let you run off to your, um, to your consult. Thank you. So you can find me at culturedwellness.com. So culturedwellness is with a K, not a C. So culturedwellness.com and on all the usual places like Instagram and Facebook, I'm also culturedwellness. Um, so Instagram, I share more of my sort of everyday family life and more of the ins and outs of what I do and what I get up to. So like you were saying before, um, you know, when I was recovering from my head injury, that's where I'll share sort of all the fun stuff of me getting frozen at minus 144 degrees. <laughs> and then um, the Facebook's where I love putting a lot of the research and the nitty gritty sort of stuff about the gut microbiome and uh, a lot of our educational workshops and um, it, that's a really great platform. We have a lot of uh, health coaches at Culture Wellness that have, offer incredible advice and engage with our community. So it, it, the, both platforms are wonderful and different ways of engaging with Culture Wellness. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Kirsty, for your time today. You're always a joy to have on, always got so much wisdom. And thank you from me and everybody for your contribution to our health. Oh, thanks for having me so much. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.